morning and welcome back to your Hebrew Nation Morning Show, where Hebrews from all over the world gather to share and listen about the biblical roots of our faith. Sit back with your favorite morning brew and join the conversation. Lines are now open, so call 503-967-3001-503-967-3001. Hebrew Nation, His Kingdom, His People, and Your Radio Station. Well, welcome back, and you are listening to the Wednesday Morning Program with Miriam Stallsworth, and I'm Dr. Deb Gold, and we have our special guest today, Dr. Dina Dye, who's really been delving into Noah, and we're getting um, a lot of information, and we're going to share some more about that, and we're so glad to have you today, Dina. Well, thanks so much for having me. And I just wanted to say I made a little oops, and so uh, my dear friend corrected me. She is not a psychiatrist. She is a psychologist, and so she does not dispense medication, but her medication is love, and, well, I think it would have to be great laughter. She brings great joy into all of our lives. And I am so uh, thrilled to be with these wonderful women today and what what we're all sharing. And I also want to say I have uh, my dear friends, Mitch and Connie Chadnow from California that I have known over 30 years, and they are staying in our house. So we're having a wonderful time. And so uh, what a great day and what a great time to be alive and I am full of gratefulness to be part of this program. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Well, so I thought I just kind of, you know, we we wanted to talk about the series I just recorded, but I just wanted to finish off a little bit on Noah. I mean, I've just given you a small taste because it's probably going to be at least 230 pages. So it's packed full. But one of the things that I did in the book, uh, you know, I like to insert some fictional vignettes is what I call them. And so I created a whole fictional vignette in this one. And, uh, for example, I have Cain leaving, you know, the, the comfort of the land, the promised land. And he ends up down in, uh, in Mesopotamia and eventually becomes, uh, builds the city of Uruk which is one of the cities down there, and the goddess that ruled over that city's name, name was Inanna. And he ended up building up the city. And I there's a whole thing called the Sumerian King List, which we don't know if it's fictional or not, but it, it's, it's the story of divine kingship in the ancient world. So I have this sort of conflict between these two entities, and Cain sort of, he's building like this entire empire, if you will. Remember, he was called. He, he built some cities. So there's this whole dynamic going on in lower, uh, the lower Euphrates Tigris area, and I've tried to make it kind of a, a political thing, you know, with with a, uh, a ruler rising up and then how he enslaves his people and all that sort of thing. 
I won't go into too much detail. And then on the other side, I had, you remember Lamech, who's the father of Noah, right in mm -hmm. Genesis 5? So I have him. Now remember, I made this up, okay? Don't, nobody send me any. <laughs> I made this up. But I, I had him leaving the promised land uh, before Noah is born. And he moves to a region which anciently they called Arata, which is what we would understood as the Ararat region. They also called it Urartu. So I called it that in the book. And what, what we've discovered uh, real, if for real is that is one of the number one wine-growing uh, uh, wine places, uh, grape-growing uh, places on planet Earth. Great wine comes out of there, and the vineyards are just you know amazing. So I had him go there and begin to build you know, actually take the vine from the Garden of Eden, plant it in that area, and so the whole vintner viticulture rises up there so that Noah takes over that uh, as an inheritance. So it's not like he just, you know, gets off the boat and then plants a vineyard, <laughs> that there's a history there. And so I sort of developed those. Just that I like to do that. Whether it's true or not, the point is the, the backdrop is historical information on, you know, I, of vineyards in that area and how they produce and stuff like that. Just so people have a little broader view of that world and that it's a very highly civilized world and that people function in much the same way as we do now, you know, and how governments operate, et cetera. Like, so I did that. And the other thing that I did too uh, so the concept of immortality is a big deal in the ancient world as well. Obviously, every king wanted to live forever. We see that with the pharaohs, you know, they build their temples and their, you know, the, all their sphinxes and everything like that. And you see that, you know, in the ancient Mesopotamian world. I mean, this is the number one desire of kings is to live forever, rule a show forever. And now you're seeing that same uh, thinking. I mean, I've heard Bill Gates say, or heard things from him, you know, they're, they're doing what they can to live forever. Like this is when you have everything, the one thing you don't have is eternal life. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. that Ed is kind of going through the story and I'm going to end it. Uh, the last chapter is dealing with modern life. One of the, one of these sections is called cultural chaos. And in it, I'm going to be talking about the latest move is something called transhumanism that we've somehow transcended Homo sapien, and now we're moving into this place where these guys want to live forever, the, the Elon Musks and the Bill Gates and name them all. So it's very interesting. So that, that thread is in there too. I got lots of stuff in there. So again, the, the, the goal of the book is to just move you out of your, you know, your box and try to broaden your understanding and your, you know, your perspective of what the Bible is trying to do. Mm. Wow. I love that. I love that. And to be open and like Dina said at the beginning, you know, check it out. Like every every good teacher does. Be you know, and the most important thing is be open to listening. And we are all in growing stages. We're all learning. And I think worst, you know, I think the worst thing is is to be stagnant and say, you know, we're not going to listen to anything or this isn't anything that um, appeals to me or what I'm used to. And I think we're, we so encourage everybody to not be in that kind of um, 
it's the same thing. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. There's no static position ever. You know, you're either in chaos moving to order or you're in order moving to chaos. You know what I mean? Um, you don't just stay in a spot. You have to fight for your place, right? And I think okay. growth in uh, personal spiritual growth is the same way. If you're not growing, it's not like you're just there. You're actually losing ground. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not right. Well, so I I really appreciate um, Dina's writing style, and I think our our listening audience will too, because I, you know, I know it's not exactly the same, but your writing style reminds me a little bit of uh, Jonathan Kahn's. Um, he will, will write it as fiction, but he's got all these facts involved. And you go, you write all the facts, but you also carry it through with a story to help you get the concept, you know. And we had a great rabbi, Yeshua, that taught that way, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. So I think people out there, you know, even if you think, ooh, that's too deep for me, the way you break it down in story form uh, your writing style, you know, is very uh, palatable and understandable no matter what level you're at. Yeah, and that's the goal. And I do understand these books might be a little much for some. I get that. Um, my goal in writing them was to show you the possibilities of where you could go and not everybody's there. It's kind of what lies ahead. Um, and and just, just to be open. Um, I am planning uh, to write after I get this finished, <laughs> my next book is going to be something really different, uh, more conversational, and I'm hoping to write it to just your average Christian who, who is completely unfamiliar with any of this. And I think it's going to be called What Your Pastor Failed to Tell You. And so the, the goal is to present the big picture of the Bible written in a conversational style, as if I'm sitting and having coffee with someone and saying, okay, what's, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, is an effort to, because I think, you know, in Christianity, we've gotten locked in the sort of theological views. I mean, and we argue over them. And then we forget there's a larger picture, you know. The, the, the creation story of the created order that's infused in everything. Like, how does it work? And how is it in every narrative? And, in, you know, how is it in the story when we get to Yeshua? What, what does that even mean? So that'll be, uh, that's coming after this one. Oh, good. That, that sounds great, too. Yeah, well, I can testify. I've got all your books that you, except the one that we're talking about today, and they're great. They're very... Um, palatable and interesting and and thought provoking and so we would encourage you. Are are you going to do like a pre launch sale or anything like that that you're planning? Well, it, you can't really do that on Amazon unless if you're with a publishing house and you want to do sort of the pre sale. You you can mm-hmm. do that, but when you're just I'm not with a publishing house. It's a self published book. So what'll happen is, you know, I'll upload it and then that's it. Um, I, you know, the only other way I can do that is I can order all my own author copies and have them and then have people, people could pre-order that way. But the timing on that is difficult. So, uh, you know, believe me, you will all know. (laughs) Yes. 
on Amazon. And then I need <laughs> all of you who read it to write reviews because that's, you know, that's the key to the whole thing. So, wow. Um, well, yeah. on a side note, and this is just a little humor of my dear friend Debs, we're planning to write a book too called As the Pew Turns. How do you like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, yeah. Not, and so, well, as as not, we're looking. As long as it's not Peppy Le Pew. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So anyway, you, if you have uh, private messages, any really funny stories that you've had, like church experience or congregation experience where okay. something hilarious happens, because that's what we're going to compile all these stories. Yeah. And yeah. we... We have quite a few of our own, but we're looking for outside stories, too, to outside make the book stories. complete. Yeah. <laughs> well, believe you me, know, so have plenty. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Anybody that's gone out and done, like, the, the work of an evangelist, like you have, in uh, speaking at various congregations and whatnot, has experienced uh, some kind of strange happening. So, anyway, yeah, that would be great. Okay. But we are... So forward to um, the book coming out and we will be having you on again before then and and w as you get closer to the exact date we can kind of pre let people know about it yeah that'll be great yeah well tell us a little bit about your eight-part series that you have going right now yeah, so I recently filmed an eight-part series for Israel TV Network and it's called Roadmap for Living resisting tyranny and uh we what we did something very different on this one so we did four we recorded four programs and then each program has a special edition that goes with it and so what we've done the, the special edition you can rent or purchase from israel tv network just just go to israel tv network dot i believe it's dot com it could be dot org um but israel tv network is where you go and so uh with the the special edition just gives you some added information so i was trying to figure out you know how to how to present people with to help them understand what's going on here but you, in order to do that of course i had to go back to the beginning kind of lay the groundwork from uh, the from the first chapters of genesis and so the three three of the programs were dealing with you know sort of the, the, the Bible is a political world, um, deconstructing the world of the gods. Uh, one was called the gospel is, uh, is subversive, you know, sort of very resistance oriented. And then the last uh, number four of episode was really giving you some nuts and bolts of current, like, you know, okay, that's great. How do we do, how do we live? How do we actually live in that? And what can we do? And, and some of the things that we had mentioned earlier about community and stuff like that. So try to integrate all of it uh, to just give people, again, once again, I'm, a, I'm about giving the big picture so that it helps them understand what's going on around them. Because I'm really, I think more and more people are understanding, but they do not understand the forces that, have, that are the, the uh, sort of global forces that are, that are uh, coming against them to take away everything that they have. Um, and again, that's not, that's not anything new. You know, Marxism is not new. Uh, you can go back to the very beginning and find all these elements. 
So, uh, you know, people really seem to have enjoyed it. It's on my website. You can go to Israel TV Network and watch the four episodes, or you can go to my website. The four episodes are uh, there for free. And then the special editions you can rent or own from Israel TV Network, or you can become a member, a SOD member on my website, either one. All right. And and why don't you, while we are at it, give uh, your website and how people can can do that. Okay. So the website's Foundations in Torah, and that's just www.foundationsintorah.com. And you can just go there and you can sign up and become a member. There is a ton of material on the website. It is a membership website, so I have everything from free on up to, uh, you know, a monthly a monthly support. And, of course, that goes, obviously, to help me continue to make, uh, make programs. It was just a blessing because uh, Israel TV Network, I work with them quite a bit, and they, they just do yeoman's work on my productions. Uh, I mean, it takes hours and hours and hours, you know, to, they add in a little music and, and all of the graphics because it's all green screen technology, and they just make it come alive. It, it it's just excellent high quality productions like you just don't get it it's not me sitting in a room behind my desk you know staring at you for you know 30 minutes this is right. you know this is a production that's done well so you'll really enjoy it yes yes definitely and so um so Fill us in a little bit about, you know, maybe just one of the episodes of the four that, okay. that really. Yeah, there's there's a ton of material once again. But, I, you know, one of the things I wasn't very good at at the beginning was repeating myself. I personally hate to repeat myself. I think, well, I've already said that. I'm not going to say it again. And you'd think as a Jew, and I figured out that that's not how you teach. You know, you got to just keep pounding the same sand over and over again. <laughs> so yes, that's yes. kind of what I did in the series. I just had to, I have just continued to keep going over the same um, concepts in order for, for it to get cemented. You know, that people start just to see the scriptures this way. And, uh, you know, hopefully making some inroads there. So this, the series kind of builds on some of the things I probably shared. Some of your viewers have already heard. So uh, part two was called Deconstructing the Gods of This World. I felt that was really important that people understand, you know, who the gods are <laughs> and how do we, you know, how did God take them down and how does he give us the power to take them down? Mm -hmm. So once when God deconstructs that world, I mean, it's hard for us to imagine living in a world in which there's like a God of everything. <laughs> it's just every little thing in your life is ruled and controlled by a God. But if you look at our world today, it isn't any different. There's not one institution, for example, in America that isn't controlled by an enemy. <laughs> right. You know, right, the church right. is awesome. Even the church is no longer the church. It's an institution that's been usurped by the global, you know, parasites. And so what God has done, you know, through, all, through the myths of that world, the point of deconstructing the gods and their world was to liberate his people. 
So that will that will come to bear for us today as we deconstruct and are delivered from these institutions that have become completely corrupted. People are going to be set free. And isn't that the heart and nature of all human beings is to be free. We, and we don't yeah. really know what that means. So through the stories in Genesis, etc., God is giving Israel an alternate worldview in the ancient Near East world. Like everything he's showing them and all the story, all the narratives functioned completely opposite to how the ancient Near East world operated. I mean, that had to stand yeah. out to the nations. Like here's this two-bit people living in this spot and nothing about their world looks like the one they're in. I mean, I can't say that exactly, but you know, the, the world is essentially the same, but their God doesn't look anything like the gods of the world, right? Right. And so it's a right. radically, radical, radical different view that Israel, how Israel is walking in the nations than how the nations are operating. And so I was trying to get people to appreciate the difference between the nations and between the people of God. And that will be the same for us today. How do we look radically different as the people, covenant people of God, and everything that's going on around us? How do we look radically different? That's the key. So I would maintain that the Bible is really telling us a story of how to dismantle or dethrone those gods. All of those mm. myths, the flood myths and the creation myths and all the other myths, had to be challenged. They had to be reworked and they had to be transformed. And the way that was done was through how God revealed himself to Israel. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. And that, yeah. to me, is kind of the subversive message of the scriptures. You know, this is a radically new design nation. They live in a radically new way. And this is, the, this is the historical framework that the Bible has set it in. So we have real people living in real places, doing real stuff. But yet God is within that, is, is making them, they look like a radically different people. Mm -hmm. Well, and a good case in point uh, as an example of that would be the God of education that mm -hmm. people are worshiping at the altar of right now. And education today used it used to be founded on biblical principles and the bible and your greatest institutions yale and harvard were christian colleges at one time but then these gods came in and took over and now they're indoctrination um, sites but we are beginning i believe to dismantle it i'm seeing more and more parents uh, attending school board meetings and and saying no, you're not teaching my child critical race theory, or you're not, you know. And they're they're, I think dismantling, trying to dismantle. But it takes, like you had said before, it's going to take all of us doing our part in order to dismantle something like that. Is that kind of the gist oh, yeah. that you talk about? I think that's a perfect example, because again, if the problem we have is we go back and and we look at what God is doing for Israel. But somehow we can't make the application for today. So, you know, apparently we have been pushed to the breaking point. <laughs> apparently we are very <laughs> close, right? And people are, you know, oh my gosh, how did we get here? What's going on? And so people are rising to the occasions. We're seeing, like you said, all these school board meetings, people pushing back against critical race theory and all the other stuff. And so that is exactly how God operates. 
he and again he doesn't wave his magic wand he uses his people to be a radically different people to sh- and for these people to, for us to go into a situation and and make the change you know be radically different in the situation and deconstruct this um the tower of babel <laughs> that that the enemy has constructed in our nation so it's not different i mean i think that was a really good example oh and after this wow right there CBD is proven.